our last message in the series, The Blessed Life. And we just thank, again, Robert Morris and Gateway Church. But uh, God has just been so good. I want to talk to you this morning. I mean, next week, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you just about a clear mind. Um, you know, no head games. Have no guilt feelings about, Lord, this is what the Lord told me to do. And you can do that. And I want you to be able to move ahead. Because you know and I know when we start doing things, especially when it comes to money, we get fought by the enemy. Oh, you shouldn't. If you give too much or, you know, that's what he'll tell you. You've given too much. You shouldn't do that. Or if you didn't give, you'll be, oh, man, you're such a loser. But if you do give, I can't believe you did that. God would, you know, and everything is twisted and he messes with us. We've been talking about your heart. We've been talking about all of the things that talk uh, about what God says about tithing and giving and offerings. And so Today we're going to talk about the principle of multiplication. So I want you to think for just a second about your finances. I mean, just think about it for just a minute. And sometimes that's not a good subject or that's not one that I don't want to think about my finances. Uh, you know, uh, we have been on the on before and maybe many of you have been there. You kind of pay uh, who yells the loudest. That's fun, isn't it? And they don't seem to care. And we got tired of that. So we figured a way, God, what do you want us to do to get out of that? And he's shown us and we want to help you if we can um well we can if you'll let us so how's that if god multiplied your finances and not added what would that do i mean think about it we understand uh subtraction and division (laughs) i know what it's like it seems like yes i just got a hundred dollars hooray what's the bill a hundred and two awesome I'm $2 in the hole. We know about division. We know about subtraction. What if God would take your finances and and not just add to them, but multiply them? That would be cool. I mean, that would be cool. Think of how many things that you could do to help the kingdom. Now, the enemy takes that, and we've talked about that, where he'll say, you know, and he wants you to worship money. The Bible doesn't say money's evil. Money's a tool. It says the love of money. So we have to put all that in perspective. We have to have balance. Mm, Balance. We have to have all of that. So we have to have that all the way that God wants us to have it. But if God would multiply our finances, what could we do if he would say, Brett, I want you to do this. I want you to send this money over here. If I didn't have the money, if I didn't put my finances under his control, it's going to be really hard for me to obey. Of course, you might be saying, well, he wouldn't ask you if you didn't have the money. What if he wants you to have the money, but we have to do what he says? Okay, we're going to look in your Bible. Now, I'm just saying the Bible's full of stories about multiplication. We're going to talk about one specifically today. You're going to be familiar with it, the feeding of the 5,000, five loaves, two fish. You know the story. We're going to pick it up in Luke 9, chapter 9, 12 through 17. And I'm going to start to read that. Luke 9 chapter 12 through 17 when the day began to wear away the 12 came and said to him send the multitude away they may go into the surrounding towns and and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here but he said to them you give them something to eat and they said we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people for there were about five thousand men then he said uh, to his disciples make them sit down in groups of 50 and they did so, and he made them, and, and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves, the two fish, looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them, gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. There's so many things we could teach out of this. 
We could talk about fragments. We could just talk about, see, a lot of times people don't think about fragments. There's, there's a couple mindsets with that. You ever go to a restaurant, get like a huge meal, and there's no way you can eat it all? And you're like, could I have a what? Yeah, and I'm going to take some of this home with me. Okay, to many of us, if you've grown up and not had a lot, that's important. Because you're thinking, if I don't eat all this, I can take it home. I can eat on it again. Yes, skadoosh. I can do that. But then there are some that just like, I don't like leftovers. I don't care whatever I don't eat. You can throw it away. We'd be like, so there's two mindsets. One mindset could be, you know what? God will make more. I get that. Another mindset is I've already paid for this. I want to be a good steward. I don't have to pay for another meal because I already have it there. You can decide what you feel is right or wrong on that. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm just saying we could talk about fragments about 12 baskets. One basket, you might say, well, that's nothing. But you put 12 baskets together and you got something now. You know, we said we were going to go on, on vacation. We wanted to go to Disney World. Disney World. Disney World. Not Cedar Point. Not Kings Island. Not Big Wheel Country or whatever the next little fair is. Disney World. That's like the Magic Kingdom where, ha, oh, you know, you walk in and everything. Hey, can I have that ice cream pop? You sure can. $25. Thank you. I mean, Disney World. We're like, oh, we need to go. Okay. We didn't, our bank book was saying, no Mickey. We started saving change. Fragments. Just, and I, we, I found myself kind of getting excited, like, you know, sir, that'll be $2.19. And I would give them $3 on, even if I had 19 cents. I'm giving them three because she's giving me change. Change goes in the Disney bucket. Yeah. And before you know it, skadoosh. We had some money. We had hundreds of dollars that helped pay for a park ticket or, or the hotel. Or, I mean, you could, you'd be amazed at what fragments can do. Interesting, there are 12 baskets, 12 disciples. But I really think that the, uh, the baskets went to the boy that brought the five loaves and the two fish. I believe that he got 12 baskets, got to take those home. But anyway, the Bible says there are about 5,000 men. Back in the day, they counted groups of people they counted heads of families, so they counted 5,000 men. They're talking 5,000 families. So there could have been anywhere from 10, 15, maybe even 20,000 people there. So that's when they're counting, that's what they're talking about. So let's make that work for today. Um, this is something that my daughter used to do when she was growing up. She liked to play house. She would try to get her brothers to play. Of course, she gave all the roles out, not meaning bread, but you're going to play this and you're going to play that, Okay. But anyway, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to be the disciples of this scene, and this is going to be happening right now. So we are on the MSC committee, the Messiah Search Committee, and that's what we're looking for. We've got this great candidate. He walks on water. He raises the dead. I mean, this guy is good. He, he's going to be a good candidate. And be, people have all come out. We've gathered 5,000 families because it's Friend Day. How many remember Friend Day? How many have ever been to a friend day? How many don't have any friends? <laughs> people in the back, that would be me, Pastor, pray. Okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of people out. And uh, so everything's geared for that occasion. The guest evangelist, the candidate, Jesus, he's, he begins to speak, you know, and, and we're like, wow, this is really, this is good. Well, now it's about 1230, 1 o'clock, and he's still going strong. I mean, he's preaching up a storm, and, and we, the disciples, are, or back there going, dude, it's already 
12.30, almost 1 o'clock. We're going to miss the kickoff. Wind this thing up. My wings are getting cold. Today's Super Bowl Sunday, by the way, so I threw that in there. The Browns aren't playing, so don't get too excited. Of course, I know. They didn't play all season, did they? Luke 9, 12 says this. When the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away, that they may go in the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provision, for we are in a deserted place here. Now, he still keeps going. It's 2 o'clock. It's 3. It's 4. It's 5. It's 6. And he's still preaching. I mean, he is the original ever-ready bunny. This guy just, he's, he's got so much to say, and he's so good. I want you to think about it. This has went on for hours. Hours and hours. So they formed a committee. The disciples get together. You and I are part of the committee. You can almost hear Peter. I'm starving. This guy won't stop. Thomas is probably saying, I doubt he'll ever quit. So the committee decides to tell him. They say, hey, let's go tell him the people are hungry. That's what we'll do. We'll tell him the people are hungry because he cares about the people. So who of you guys are going to tell him? And so we all get together and we draw straws and, and say, I got the small straw. And so they pick me. You, Brett, you got to go tell him. You're elected. You're the spokesperson. You go tell him. So this is what we do. Jesus is up here speaking. And so I've over here talked to the committee and excuse me. Jesus, great. I mean, really good stuff. I mean, we're really liking it. We're all having a great time. Um, but, you know, the restaurants are closing, and a lot of people are here from out of town, and um, I think we should dismiss the service. We could have you back next week, and we could get back connected with the, with the people. It's going to be good. And Jesus says, oh, you're concerned about the people. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I tell him. And he says, uh, uh, okay, are you hungry? Oh, no, not me. I'm, no, I'm, uh, me and the boys, we're good, we're good. We, we're just concerned about the people. Luke 9, 13 says this, but he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. So I'd be like, uh, excuse me? He said, you said the people are hungry, give them something to eat. Okay, so now here's the hard part. I leave there, and I've got to go back and report to the committee. I've got to go back and tell everybody, you know, what he said. So the committee says, did you tell him? Did you tell him that, you know, the people are hungry? Yeah, I told him. What would he say? You give him something to eat. What? You can give him something to eat. He said, what are you saying? He said, you give him something to eat. And the committee says, are you crazy? Do you see how many people are here? Somehow some kid had slipped out and had gone into town to Long John Silver's and got two pieces of fish and five hush puppies. And he's got the bag and he's coming back. And you grab it and say, sit down, kid. We got these five hush puppies and two fish. I got it. Brett, go back to him. Take, show him the fish and the hush puppies. Tell him it's all we got. He's going to dismiss the service. You tell him that. It's, this will work. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, Jesus, again, love this. Oh, love it. So good. Ministering to me like you wouldn't believe. It's great. 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 Uh, uh, you said give them something to eat. Um, uh, we, we, we took that seriously, Jesus, and here's what we have. And, and we have two fish and five hush puppies. Jesus looks in the bag and says, that'll be fine. What? That'll be fine. Have them sit in groups of 50. 
have him sit in groups of 50. So now you've got to go back to the committee. Did you tell him? Is he going to dismiss the service? What did he say? Have him sit in groups of 50. What? Have him sit in groups of 50. I said, what sees? Is he nuts? Can I just ask, have you ever had a big group of people that are either angry or impatient and have stood that hours? I mean, even with kids, I mean, you've been to a restaurant and, and like people are visiting and they've been there for two and a half hours and they've got like two and three year olds and the kids are like, Wah! and you're going, oh, dear God. Most people don't like that. And just to get them organized, okay, we're going to get everybody divide up in groups of 50. Now think about this, 20,000 people, we're going to sit you in groups of 50. I got two, two fish, five hush puppies, five loaves. So they, they, they do what he says. Now that'd be almost like a cowboy trying to corral cattle. <laughs> but see, the disciples, I think they got to, from this point, they started thinking, I think I know what he's going to do. Have we ever done that? Are you guilty of that? I'm guilty of that. I'm gonna, I've got God figured out. I know what he's going to do. Oh boy, I, got God. I know exactly what he's going to do. And that's got me in trouble. More than once. Years ago, my wife, she, she made this statement one time. She said, oh, those wiener dogs are so cute. They're just so, they're so cute. I, I think that would be a cute dog. And I, man, I heard that. And I went right to the Lord. Lord, can I get Kim a wiener dog? That's a dachshund for those of you that are more professional than me. And the Lord said to me, he said, yes. And he was starting to say something else. And I'm like, cool. So I found a wiener dog and I got it. And his name was Max. And he was a black and tan little wiener dog, cute as anything. But Max, every time you could go out and get the mail and come back in and Max would see you and he would pee on the floor. (laughs) And he just peed. And then Sam loved Max and Sam and Max made this bond and they were like inseparable and they would roll on the ground. And have you ever seen a fire hose? (laughs) I mean, we watched it happen and Kim is like, oh, And so finally she came to me and she goes, it's either the dog or me. I missed Kim for a long time. I I just took away my two points, didn't I? I'm sorry. So I had to get, we were were going to pastor another church. And so I, I had to get rid of Max. And Sam cried big, we had him six months. And he cried big crocodile tears. And he told me that when I got rid of Max, he said, you know, you're not my hero anymore. Just broke my heart. I mean, I I cried crocodile tears when he wasn't looking over that. Oh, my goodness. Now, here's my point. When I asked God if I could get her that, he said yes. And he had more to tell me, but I didn't want to listen to that. So I didn't listen. I just went on and did my stuff. What he would have went on to tell me was, yes, but in six months, you're going to be moving and you won't need to get a dog right now. If you wait, there'll be a better time. I didn't want to hear any of that. I didn't take the time to listen to that. Even if I wanted to hear it, I got what I wanted to hear and I was gone. Have you ever done that? Okay. So this is what's, you know, in a sense, 
They're trying to figure that out. Remember, maybe they remember the story of Elijah feeding 100 men with 12 loaves. But they figured out when Jesus prayed over the little food that it would multiply. That it, when Jesus prayed over it, it would multiply. I know that's what's going to happen, they said. I, I, can just, I can see Peter. Pray over my role first. Can you see Peter? Get that hush puppy. You guys, you just wait. Watch this. Because remember, Peter is outspoken. If all of these guys fall away, not me. I'm with you. You and me. I can see him. Watch how this works. I got this figured out. Watch how this works. He takes it to Jesus. Jesus takes it from him. Speaks over it. Breaks it. Gives him back half of what he just gave him. He's probably going to give the other half to another disciple. You go over here. You start passing that out. You start passing this out. You be Peter. And be, you know, you give him, let's just, even if we go from hush puppy, let's just say it's a loaf of bread. And you give it to him. Here's Jesus. And he breaks it, gives some to Thomas, gives you back half. Now you got half of what you just gave him. He says, go pass that out. You might be going, do you want to pray some more? Uh, Maybe you should pray a little harder. I mean, because we think we have Jesus all figured out. We think we have this out. And this is what most people miss. They think that it's going to multiply. Now, listen to me. You've got to catch what I'm trying to tell you. They think it's always going to happen in God's hands. This is how it's going to happen. It didn't happen in the Lord's hands. If you read the account, it happened in the hands of the disciples. We've got to understand how this works. God wants to multiply it, but it happened in the hands of the disciples. Promise always follows obedience. Jesus basically said, this is the way he told Peter, it's blessed, now go give it out. In other words, you brought it to me, I prayed over it, I broke it, I, gave it, I blessed it, I gave it back to you, now go, dis- go disperse it, go get it out, give it out. Promise always follows obedience. It doesn't come before. Faith is involved when you're obedient and no answer is in sight. Remember, faith it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It, it's Mark eleven twenty three and 24. We pray, we believe when we pray, not when it shows up. It's always faith. The whole Bible works by faith. This is no different. When we, we have to understand this is a faith principle. It didn't grow when Jesus blessed it. It had the potential to grow, but didn't grow until it was given away. And the disciples were doing that. So two principles are very important for us to understand. Here's number one. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. So it has to change kingdoms. He had to bring it to Jesus. Remember we talked about the spirit of mammon? All money has a spirit on it. It either has the spirit of mammon on it, which is just just the spirit, or you could have the spirit of God, the kingdom of God. So it has the ability to multiply. And that happens on it, whether it's money or even in things for your life. Again, now think about what I'm saying. Brett, tell me what you mean. Okay. Um, when we were doing praise and worship, this idea came to me. So I'm just going to tell you. How many remember uh, we're, you know, we're going to be getting close to Easter in a couple months. All right. <laughs> Jesus said, you're going to find a colt. Go get it. It's never been ridden on. Tell him I need it. Bring it to me. Okay? Anybody in here have any idea what happens if you get on a horse or a colt or a donkey if it's never been ridden on? Not going to be good. 
I mean, you know, okay, listen, this is what I'm saying. When the disciples went and said, the master has need of it, and the people gave the colt, the colt now changed jurisdictions. It changes kingdoms. Are you following me? When it changes kingdoms, it gives God legal jurisdiction to take the case. Legal authority now, because it has been brought into his kingdom, he can step in, and now things happen in his dimension. That's what happens with money. That's what happens with other things. It doesn't have to be money. We've put turkey under the kingdom of God one time, and I'm telling you, there's two big legs on a turkey, and Zach had one, and I had one, and in the morning, there's another one stuck on that turkey, and to this day, I'm like, I don't know if an angel's down there going, but I'm like, didn't I have one? And Kim said, yeah, and I said, didn't we give one to Zach? And Kim said, yeah, and I said, how many? That's two. Where'd this one come from? Listen to me. It, when it changes kingdoms, there's so many stories. Not just this. When they gave it to Jesus and he blessed it, he spoke over it and broke it, it changed kingdoms. Now pass it out. Now it can be multiplied. God has legal access to do that. That's why the tithe is so important. Jesus went to Peter and said, can I use your boat? Yes, you can use my boat. As soon as Jesus stepped into the boat, Peter said yes. As soon as that transaction happened, the business that Peter had, what was Peter? Fisherman. That business now became under the jurisdiction of the kingdom of God. Jesus now is now has authority because Peter said, yeah, you can come into my business. And he couldn't catch any fish all night. But now that Jesus is in there, Jesus can tell him, put the nets on this side. We've fished all night. But if you say, can I tell you, my friends, that Jesus knows exactly what you need and where it's at. Go catch. You remember we talked last week. Go catch a fish, Peter. And he told Peter to catch because what was Peter? A fisherman. It would be silly if you told me Rob Shrek is a plumber. If you said, Brett, go plumb that house. You do not want me to plumb your house. That's not a good, but Rob would know how. So God could talk to Rob in something he knows. How. Rob, I need your business. And Rob gives him that business. Jesus then has authority to come in and jurisdiction to bless what Rob is doing. Does that make sense to you? We need to understand, we need to catch this and connect this dot because that's what happens. They bring what they have. And here's the issue, because most of us don't think what we have is valuable. It's not enough. I don't have enough of this mammon bread. I don't have enough to give God. Let me tell you, what you have is a test. And if you'll give God what you have, what he asks you, obedience now, that's between you and God. It, he might not ask you for the whole thing. He might ask, I need this portion. I need this, the tithe of this. I, he's going to ask for the tithe, I'm sure. But in offering, how many knows that tithing is just returning? You're just giving back what's already his. Everything is his. Offering is where seed is. The problem is when Peter got this, now listen, Peter could have, he could have eaten the bread. Jesus, I mean, Peter's hungry too. Now think about this. He breaks it, gives it to Peter, now go give that out. Have you ever been like Peter? I have been like Peter. I am not too proud to tell you I am a snot booger sometimes. I mean, I could just see Peter thinking, man, I'm hungry too. I'm going to get me some. I already know how many loaves we got. It ain't too much. Because I got mine. Peter could have eaten it. Could you imagine Peter doing this? 
Just take a little. I mean, think of all the people. Just just take a little piece. Here, take a little piece. Just take, just take a little bit. I said a little piece. Could you imagine somebody tried to take a big piece? Be like, what are you doing? I got more people to feed. And the Bible, it didn't happen in Jesus' hands. It happened in the disciples. Could you imagine being Peter and getting down to the end of a row like, oh, my gosh. And the thing just goes. Okay, you can have a little more. You, you can have a little more. The problem what we do is we a lot of times, Bible says he gives seed to the sower. We eat our seed a lot. We've been trying to teach our kids just, you know, really kind of almost a 30% thing. I'm, I'm going to tie 10%. I'm going to save 10%. I might invest 10%. I might, you know, it's seed money. God, where do you want me to send it as an offering? What do you want me to do with it? It has to be blessed before it can multiply. You have to say. You have the authority. Remember that first portion redeems the rest. You give it to God, he blesses it, and that first portion redeems the rest. A lot of times people say, you know, they don't see their finances multiplies because they've never given the first portion to God. That first portion doesn't go to other ministries, doesn't go to Christian schools, doesn't go this, it goes to the storehouse. You can't give away what's not yours. That's why the Bible always says bring your tithes. It doesn't say give. It's not yours. That's why it says bring. Hebrews 7 tells us Jesus receives our tithes. And so in that same way that they gave the fish and the loaves and put them in the hands of Jesus, he blessed it, gave it back to them. Even though it's smaller than what he gave or what they gave him, he gives it back. It has the ability to multiply. It's blessed now. And the people that get what I'm telling you It's not about the size of what they have. It's about whose it is and what they do with it because it's amazing. So here comes point number two. It has to be given away before it can multiply. He gives it to Jesus. Peter does. Jesus blesses it, breaks it, gives it back. Like I said, he could have eaten it, but he had to give it away, and it multiplied in his hands. A lot of times people don't see their finances multiply because they they tithe And that's good. And they see God protect a lot of things, but they never give over and above. They are afraid. And that's where real blessing comes is uh, and then offering. And we talked about different different things of offering. Uh, You know, tithing is returning. Offering is giving. We talked about three levels, tithe, offering, and then extravagant offering or painful offering, as we've even called it. But God wants to get our finances in order. But, you know, here's what we have to understand. We have taken this as the body of Christ and said, well, so-and-so has a lot of money, so they can give a lot. And we've, we've blown that out of proportion. Can I say this? They have a lot because they give a lot. You've got to understand the principle here. Peter didn't have enough loaves to feed those people. Neither did the other 11 disciples. Jesus is just breaking here. You take this over here. You get the southeast section. You go back there. They're taking the same thing Peter's got. This is the deal. What you have is enough. If you start giving it to God, God, what do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to do whatever? And let him bless it. Let it multiply. And then, I mean, be good steward over here. You know, aren't you glad that God doesn't ask for 90% and you get 10 pretty good deal let you know 10 percent. i just want to honor you and it blesses and it redeems the rest so when i begin to honor god and i begin to say you know what god how do i want to do this you know sometimes our offerings 
people just think, oh, you're offering, well, what did you give? Did you give a 100 or 200? How about a dollar, two dollars? I tried some of this principle, even, even some of the stuff that I did with youth when I was in youth ministry, and I just asked people if they would just sow a dollar a weekend into the youth, and we called it the 52 Club. Found 200 people a month to sow a dollar a week. And so our youth account just started being blessed. Now, listen to me. You might like, Brent, well, that's not much. Little is much when, when God is in it. And, and 200 people given a dollar a week. I'm just saying, I, we got money coming in. And I'm not doing anything for it. God is blessing us. So what, you know what we're doing with that? We're tithing. We're giving. We're, we're sending kids that couldn't afford to go to, to uh, Cedar Point on State Youth Day or whatever. We're like, we got that. We, we covered that. You know why? Because it's multiplication. We got to understand this. It's not our money to hoard. It's our money to be the steward of it. It's really God's money, the whole thing. So if we're just saying, God, I want to be a blessing, what do you want me to do? That's where miracles really happen. You're setting yourself up. Now, I'm not telling anybody in here, I'm not trying to manipulate you to clear your checkbook out. I'm not telling you to do it. I want you just to be obedient to God. So that's not what I'm not here to. I'm trying to tell you a principle of the kingdom. Everything in the Bible works by faith. Once you get this down in your spirit, it's almost it almost happens. You know, if anything comes into our house, we just like, okay, what's the tithe off of it? You can find my daughter, Maddie. She'll be like, I got to get my tithe out of this now. And I'll be like, yes, you do. And she'll be like, I know, dad. But she's seen that bless her over and over again. You know, like she went and she bought herself her own pair of shoes. She was like, this is sweet. And I'm thinking, this is sweet. (laughs) But, you know, God is doing great things. So listen to me. A little bless can multiply in a big way. If you don't trust and obey and start, you'll stay where you are. If you don't trust and obey God and start, you will stay where you are. I know it's 10 o'clock. I'm almost finished. Let me give you three quick things that you can break the spirit of mammon on your finances. And they'll, they'll multiply. Three quick steps. Number one, get out of debt. Do your best to get out of debt. There's nothing wrong with having a credit card. That's great. Uh, we even have on our envelope, you can pay by credit card or debit card. That's fine. We just expect you to pay it off if it's credit card by the end of the month or whenever that's due. We don't want you to go in debt. Credit cards are great. Some people do them for airplane miles or whatever. <sighs> whatever. Just pay it off. A lot of people, you know, I've got this credit and we'll do this and this. And the enemy tries to do all kinds of gimmicks to get you to get things on credit. You don't have to pay anything till the year 2020. You know what the interest on stuff that you didn't pay for for four years would be? And do you know that the percentage, now listen to me, percentage is well over 70% of people that never do that. They'll never pay that like they're supposed to. So then when 2020 comes, they'll pay interest from 2016 to 2020, added on whatever that was, whatever they bought. It's just that you got to be on top of this, okay? So get out of debt. Well, Brett, I might have to downsize a car. Okay. So if you got to downsize a car, downsize a car. Um, you know, if you, gotta, if you have a car and you go, I, I need to anoint my car with oil. We had cars like that about a quarter a week. But if it gets you from point A to point B, you know, while you're doing whatever you want to do, you know what? I'd almost rather be able to go to Disney World than pay $700 in a car payment. Average car payment is $490, I think. Average car payment in America. Sorry. What could you do with $490 or $500 a month if you didn't have a car payment? 
And could you go places? Could you help the kingdom? What could you do if God said, hey, I want you to go over there and take that couple out to lunch? You could do that. I want you to give them $100. You could do that. Whatever the Lord told you. So anyway, get out of debt. Having money is great, but making stressful payments is not. Peace is wonderful. Here's number two. Don't manipulate. Don't look to others or systems as provision. God is your provision, so you want to keep things in balance. Um, so just don't throw out hints there to, I just wish, and I want somebody to, oh, if I only had. No, you just, you know, if somebody asks you, you can tell them, I'm sure, if the Lord leads you, you can tell them your need, if that's what that is, because you have not for you. I get that, but I'm just saying, don't, don't play the other game. That makes any sense. Uh, the story of, a, uh, actually, it was Pastor Robert. He, he went to a filling station and filled up his car and didn't know, you know, he's like, okay, I have enough to pay for this. I don't know how much money I have to pay for anything else, but, um, and he went up to the counter and the lady at the counter never been there before. The lady said, your bill's paid. He said, what? She said, God told me you're a, an evangelist and he told me to pay for your gas. I already took care of it. It's all paid. So Robert said, I like God's way better. I like God, God's way better. Here's, uh, number three, give and give extravagantly as much as God and as God leads. So whatever he tells you, if he tells you don't give, then you don't give. There's, you're going to be situations where sometimes you feel like, well, this is manipulation or this is emotion. Then don't. Just listen to the Lord. But see, the enemy can play on that. If you're more like, okay, that would, yeah, God's telling me not to, so I'm not. You've got to know how to hear his voice. And if he says to, you just need to do that. So be aware um, and just be led of him. Before I was a pastor, I'd go around and, and I don't know if any of you remember. How many remember Carmen? I used to go around and sing Carmen, uh, and, uh, and I just was fortunate that I could sound a lot like Carmen, so that was good, and so when I'd get booked at places, they'd say, the, gu- the guy that sounds like Carmen is here. That's kind of humbling in a sense, um, but you know, sometimes we went, and, we, and Kim could sing anything Sandy Patty. How many remember Sandy Patty? She can sing anything, and you would swear Sandy was in the room, but that Kimmy is in the room, so she could do all of that. So we'd go and we would sing and and uh, and I'd get to preach sometimes and sometimes we would get a love offering sometimes we would get a like offering sometimes we would get we don't like you offering <laughs> I don't know sometimes we didn't get any McDonald's money or anything you know we'd travel a little ways and 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 it'd be like thanks for coming and I got booked to go preach in Florida one time went to Florida and and the place it seemed like they just loved it and erupted and God was healing people and everything and this is what I got so so glad you could make it. And, and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, because we were thinking, yes, we're visiting my folks in Florida. Disney World. But then we started saying this. I don't look at people as my provision. It doesn't matter to me if they give or if they don't give, because God is bigger than that. So you see, he's had to take us on a journey. We've had to figure out. You can't do that. You can't just go and say, here's my purpose. I'm just looking for this. I'm looking for that. This is what you got to look for. I look for God. That's what I look for, because if nobody would ever do anything and God puts you on a mission, he will provide you for it. If he's got to send ravens, he'll send ravens, but he'll take care of it. You got to understand you want to multiply your money. It's not your money. And say, God, what do you want me to use? And when you give him legal jurisdiction, it can multiply when you give it away and you're obedient. When you give it to him, speak over it, bless it, and then give it away. I'm going to tell you one story. And, and, and 
that was in my notes, and it's not one I'm making up of my own. Um, <clears throat> this is what happened. See, I've even turned that off. See, be happy. This pastor, he went, and he hadn't been able, he was an evangelist, he wasn't a pastor, and he hadn't booked anything. He couldn't get any meetings. And if you're an evangelist, that's how you live. You, you go from church to church and wherever they can get a booking, and that is your salary. So we all on the same page. Hadn't been able to get any. He gets to one church, 70 people. 70 people in this church, and God moves in this church, and they give him the largest offering that church has ever given to anyone ever in the history of their uh, being in, in service. And he gets the offering, and it was $10,000. That's huge, man. I mean, that's a big offering, is that not? I'm like, and, and so his wife's named Debbie, so he says, look at this, look at this. And she's like, oh, praise God, they're, they're happy. And just before he came up to minister, there was a missionary. And, and he got the check, and they were all excited, and, and the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to sign that check over and give it to the missionary. And he said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He said, Lord, I, I, can't, I can't pay my bills. What am I going to do? And the, basically, the Lord said, you trust me. Now, listen to me. This is stuff that's happened to him before, and this is some of the things that have happened to me and Kim. The Lord told him one time to sell his van. He didn't want to sell it. The Lord said, sell your van, ask $12,000 for it. Okay, he goes to a church and some guy walks up and says, hey, you want to sell that van? He goes, yeah. He said, what do you want for it? 12000 right? He goes, yeah. The guy goes, here you go. Hands him a check for 12000 He sells his van that day, goes on a missions trip the next day. The missionary needs a van. He says, we're looking at this van. Guess how much the van costs? 12000 See how exciting stuff like this can be? I mean, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. God can do all that. So anyway, this is what happens. After, after the service, he signs the thing over to the missionary. He says, don't even tell anybody. Please don't tell anybody. So he goes and tells his wife. His wife would be much like my wife. She would be like, okay, well, all right. She, you know, if God told you, then give it. They're going to eat pizza. And this is him. He's sitting across from a table. He, he doesn't have to check anymore. And the guy across from him leans over and says, you get the check he goes oh yeah yeah let me see it he said oh debbie's got it and he goes i'm sorry he said it was wrong he said i lied and the guy goes go get it so you know he scoots his table back he said they're in some restaurant he walks over to his wife and i'll just pretend kim is debbie he says leans over to her he says how Walks back and says, uh, she left it in the car. So now he's lied twice. <laughs> and the guy leans over and he goes, she didn't have it in the car. He said, you gave that to that missionary. And he puts his head down. He said, I did. He said, listen. And he pulls out a check and he turns it over. And this guy had never seen the other check. But it was the exact amount, 10 times greater than the check and he said god told me to give this to you if you were obedient because you're going to teach the body of christ about finances let me ask you this question that is a true story i told you another story where he was just waving a hundred dollars in the air 
and God told somebody to turn around and say, see the man in the blue shirt and the nosebleed section? Go give him $10,000 to give to the kingdom. God is looking for stewards that will understand the principle I'm trying to get to you. That will just say, you know what, Lord, it's not mine. You tell me what you want me to do and watch how he will continually put things in your hands that you can walk the blessed life. Would you bow your heads, please?